Zuzu, hello. Welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem. And I'm your other host, Cole Primo. Miigwech for joining us today. Uh, Native Lights is at its core, a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Every week we have wonderful conversations with all these great guests from a lot of different backgrounds, policy makers, healers, artists, entrepreneurs, theater extraordinaires, you name it. We find these people and see if they're they want to talk to us, and then we talk to them about their story, which includes their gifts and how they may be sharing those gifts with the community. And it centers around that old, that whole big point of purpose in our lives. So, what's up, Leah? Please talk to us. <laughs> Please talk to us. <laughs> we love talking to folks we know and mm-hmm. folks we don't know. So, uh, if we don't know you, but you'd like to talk... Let us know. Um, okay, so today we're doing things a little bit differently. So I'm just going to give this a uh, little spiel before sure. we get started. Um, instead of one full show interview, we're going to do a bit of everything. We're going to chat together, mm-hmm. you and I, Cole, and we're going to share some words by a few folks from around Minnesota as well. So that's it. So how did you celebrate? How did you celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day, Cole? And like we'll say many times, I believe, every day is Indigenous Peoples Day, but... Seriously. <laughs> you know, no, nothing crazy remarkable on the actual day, Monday, October 11th. But, uh, you know, leading up to that, we had a couple of great events that we're going to be talking about. Um, um, on mm-hmm. the, uh, the week prior, we did a very uh, inspiring uh, language event or uh, celebration uh, for Ojibwe books. And then uh, on the weekend before, Saturday before Monday. <laughs> God. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> then on Saturday, leading up, to, today. <laughs> leading up to Indigenous Peoples Day, uh, I went to the Owamini Water mm. Falling Water Festival, uh, which was on Father Hennepin Bluff Park in Minneapolis. And that was really great to, to attend and just see some of that happening in Minneapolis, uh, you know, framed with the city in the background and the Mississippi and all that stuff. So, um, you know, just just made my own reflections on the day, and it's just it's a great time for our family and people. So it's it's a good time. How about you? I celebrated by putting my out of office response on my email. <laughs> <laughs> it said, "Happy Indigenous Peoples Day." I'm out of the office today, <laughs> even though I worked. <laughs> I didn't want to have to get back to everybody. No. <laughs> I know. I was- I was wondering if I could just take the day off and it'd be fine because you know, I'm native. <laughs> right? You know, I I was wondering too. I was like double checking on my kids' school calendar. Hey, they still have school that day? <laughs> no, yeah, they did. But <laughs> yeah, I just did that, and then we went to an an event here in Grand Rapids. They read the Indigenous Peoples Day proclamation for the city, and they had food dancing and some drum groups and we're also gonna hear a little bit more about that mm-hmm. later and yeah I think it was just a really nice day I, I woke up and then I was brushing Marvin's hair and we were talking about the day and how it <laughs> and ye who shall not be named um, how it shares that same mm, Day. I mean, technically, isn't yeah. it still CC Day yeah. <laughs> as a federal holiday? And so I know I, I said 
you know, make sure if anybody's trying to <laughs> talk good about him to maybe hear a couple of facts and figures about him that we should point out so we're not as celebratory. Yeah. <sighs> it's complex. He's eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I was eight, I feel like CC, as we call him, was like a almost like a idol, a god figure, you know, like when you're learning it in elementary school, like he discovered this, mm. he discovered everything kind of, you know, but mm-hmm. so it's great that there's obviously more awareness and more education on that. It seems like it could have been so easy just to tell the whole truth and I don't know, yeah. people's history of the United States kind of thing. You know? It's interesting too. And I thought it was kind of good. Marvin's teacher sent out a form at the beginning of the year saying, what holidays do you not celebrate? (laughs) And I wrote on there, like, in no way do we celebrate CC Day (laughs) under any circumstances. Um, And I guess it went okay uh, in our conversation after the school day was over. Um, Marvin was saying that it it went okay. So (laughs) (laughs) nothing to worry about. (laughs) Yeah, but it was interesting that, you know, President Biden made the, what was it, like the first federal proclamation of Indigenous Peoples Day, but at the same time also Mm -hmm. did this proclamation day for the CC. I I don't know. Okay, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this earlier. What would you rather have? CC Day to be no more or there to be an official Indigenous Peoples Day? Like, what would you pick? <laughs> Ooh, that's a, I mean, obviously, <laughs> that's a good one. I feel like, uh, you know, the way things are, they're going to have to coincide, or not, CC Day is going to have to remain, I don't know, like, this is controversial to talk about. <laughs> is it? That's okay. Well, I think, you know, you can kind of go around and around, yeah. right? But what I came to, it's almost like the saying, no justice, no peace, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like if you're celebrating CC, then how can you possibly celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day? Yeah, it seems like they can't. Authent- authentically, they can't I should say. Live in the same space. Um, with your whole self. Yeah. They don't seem to, <laughs> that they can operate in the same space mm-hmm. like the country. But I do appreciate Indigenous Peoples Day at the same time. So (laughs) I just thought it was something to think about because that's what I do here (laughs) in the woods is (laughs) I sit around and think. (laughs) That was the goal in moving here anyway. So Actually, another thing that I was proud of for Indigenous Peoples Day is that my sister was featured in her alma mater uh, newspaper, A Voice for Native Voices. It's true. And it talks a lot about how you, you know, where you live now. And mm-hmm. apparently you have a compost toilet, which I didn't know. That's great. I, yes, we do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's not our only toilet. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be that bad if it were my, our only toilet. But no. it's, I think it's really fascinating to try to live a little closer to the, to the planet. But yeah, they did, MIT put out this blog post this past that kind of coincided with Indigenous Peoples Day mm-hmm. with the title A Voice for Native Voices, which I was like, okay, as long as they didn't say the. <laughs> yeah, that would have been. 
or something like a way to, I just get nervous about that. You know, we try to do our best to like get our folks that we talk to their stories right and correct. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, I feel like we, I want to hear them talk more. Yeah. Right. So when we have a guest on, I feel like we just kind of let them talk and, you know, let them do it without too much filtering from us. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I see, you know, for example, this latest um, article about me, it was lovely, but it definitely felt like it was through a filter. <laughs> that was like, I didn't know that that's what you got out of our conversation, but all right. I, I respect that. And it was really wonderful to be featured. Might I say right next to a, uh, Nobel Prize announcement on the MIT's homepage. So that's great. <laughs> I would say they're about equivalent. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad my my name is also in the article, so maybe they'll see that alongside the Nobel Prize too. And my sister, it's based on SEO. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't. There I didn't go. realize how many. I forgot how many different dang places you went for you know education experiences, like the first. Native American Preparatory Scholars Fund in Santa Fe, College Horizons. Like, is that still going? Is yeah. So College Horizons is still going. Yeah. Uh, the Native American Preparatory School faced financial hardships in the early aughts mm. and is no longer. But College Horizons still exists, and I really uh, credit them for helping me figure out anything to do with college. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyway, little plug for them. They're pretty rad. So, you're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're doing our own Indigenous Peoples Day celebration. We're talking about an Ojibwe language event and a bunch more. So, Leah, it was great seeing you last week. You know, it's always great seeing you, of course, but. Uh, Especially for this event. That's right. So like you mentioned, every day is Indigenous People's Day. But we had a great event, and all three of us, Primo Kids, Mm -hmm. went and supported our dad and our uncle Mm -hmm. and I'm sure more relatives. Yeah, the Mille Lacs Band community, basically. Yeah, the Mille Lacs Band community in their collaboration with Minnesota Historical Society to publish five books through the Anjumimadazing project. Mm -hmm. And I have them here on my desk. I know you can't see them right now, but uh, 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 they're here and they're gorgeous. So the illustrators, the storytellers, they're all Ojibwe made. Yeah. And the all the books are completely in Ojibwe Moen. Yep. So they really serve as a great learning tool and even like cultural tool to uh, maybe, maybe resource is a better word, yeah. but a uh, way to share stories and keep the language going. And, you know, just one of the many ways of keeping language alive. Yeah, that's that's one of the things. It was it was really humbling to, to attend the, you know, the celebration of these books because just to think that, like, the contributions of our dad, William, our uncle Steve, Primo, will help. Ojibwe when learners for like generations to come Mm -hmm. just makes me really emotional, very proud. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's just not only, you know, 
of dad and our uncle and community, but just just seeing the like the collaboration to get this together was it's really great. Absolutely. So the event was at the Malax Indian Museum. Yep. And there were so many people there and a lot of youth and fry bread <laughs> <laughs> and manumen and watermelon. Uh, but it was really um, a lovely event. Uh, Anton Troyer spoke for a while about the project because he is, he was the editor yeah. or the collection was edited by Anton Troyer, who of course has been on Native Lights yeah. and he's a professor of Ojibwe at Bemidji State. And actually, quite a few people involved in this project have been on Native Lights before. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, maybe that could be like a little um, uh, scavenger hunt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you can identify who all on Native Lights has contributed to the Anjibimadzing project, that would be uh, really impressive. <laughs> so I actually have a clip to share. And I asked Dad, uh, William Primo Jr., to share one of his stories that he contributed to the project. And this story is called Chiganuje, and it's in the Akwe Nui Tibajim book, which uh, the Chiganuje is, of course, a big northern pike. Mm. That's the name of the story. And then Akwe Nui Tibajim is... First of all, I'm telling a story. Like that's the name, of, that's the title of the book. <laughs> so I really, I think that's fun. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to let this clip play and uh, dad slash William Primo Jr. will uh, intro it a little bit and then you'll hear him give kind of an abridged version of the story in Ojibwe Muen and then English. This is a story about things better left alone, about a squirrel who wanted an acorn that was hanging out over the water. Wasa widi, ugi pamanda we, ugi wadinan eil, mitigominan, panama sagu, ugi saga jibis, chiganunje, wadinad eil, ajitamo. Be nod, na me big. Ganwej ugi pangang. Panama sago ugi sagi kwebe. Aau, chiganuje. Tajawa waba jigade. Nagaye we we ne ugi shayatuna il. Mitikumi no ma, what dick one. Me il ga wabandaman. Giwe we banabi chiganuje. Me il. A squirrel climbed far out on a limb to get an acorn. All of a sudden, a great northern pike come out of the water and grabbed him and brought him under the water. For a long time, it was really quiet. And then, all of a sudden, the big pike stuck his head out of the water and looked around and then very carefully put the acorn back on the limb that is when I saw a northern pike fishing. Jeez. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. Love it. It's the classic uh, food chain conundrum. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
wisdom of the Northern Pike. I like it. That's right. And what I love about this sort of storytelling too is it's funny Mm -hmm. (laughs) or unexpected, but also wise at at the same time. And it's just really lovely to hear. And the the books from the Anjabimadizing project, they don't have the translation into English because the focus is Ojibwe Mm Moen. So this is your exclusive (laughs) uh, translation to English of the the main points of the story, uh, Chiganuje. So how about that? I appreciate it because I have yet to be able to read these with ease. So I really appreciate it, Pops. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, so it was a really wonderful event and to see our dad signing books and he signed his books with his Ojibwe name, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> oh yeah. And he was using his uh, calligraphy skills to make it real nice and flowy, flowery signatures. So it was, yep. it was great to see. But yeah, like uh, you mentioned, you mentioned how uh, the humor in the stories and I remember them talking about that, um, the people involved in this and just how getting all this together, getting the stories together, there was a lot of laughter. Of course, our dad was involved in a decent amount of that, as Anton yeah. Troyer <laughs> mentioned. The jokester. Yeah, and when Anton Troyer talked that evening at the event, it was really humbling to hear he mentioned that at the beginning of the project that there were they identified 25 first speakers mm-hmm. from the Black's band. Yeah. 25. Just 25. Yeah. And of that, 16 were able to team up with all the linguists, the teachers, language experts, and to create this new literature. So it's a pretty good percentage of folks uh, helping out. But I, I was just, I was not expecting to hear that there were 25 people first speakers mm-hmm. at Mille Lacs. Yeah. And then unfortunately, he also mentioned that a few went on their journey mm-hmm. during the pandemic. So these resources are needed and I think they're going to be beloved yeah. I think, for a long time. Definitely too. shows the importance, you know, and the fact that this isn't, this isn't of course the end of the project. There's going to be the Rosetta Stone, you know, just having Rosetta Stone mm-hmm. being involved is, is, awesome just and like I, I think what was it Anton he said like that when he you know first started out there was like hardly any Ojibwe language books and now there's hundreds and so it's just good that we're just mm-hmm. keeping it going yeah yeah I it seems like I keep I keep seeing other projects popping up or it's so it's really good to see more and more and that people are feeling good about it you know, we've held up this mirror to North America and the history of boarding schools um, and government schools that really worked to disconnect (laughs) in the least traumatic word I could probably think of (laughs) uh, people from our language and culture that, uh, you know, the, the human rights violations that took place and um, to assimilate, us and our ancestors to colonized ways and, and to English feels like these are many 
small steps, small consistent steps towards that reconnection again. So I I feel hopeful <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did find it interesting. Uh, one of the guys involved in the project, Joe Naquin, Navy Senior, he was he spoke at the event as well, and he was talking about how you know he's a first language speaker and. It wasn't necessarily that the school, I mean, everybody's experience is different, um, but it wasn't necessarily the school's, you know, mm-hmm. repressing his language. It was like his peers, his, his, you know, his friends and the society around him, basically. And I feel like that's another big part that has changed is just more acceptance, you know, and more understanding of people you know, wanting to understand their roots. And mm-hmm. I found that also. Very profound. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're doing our own Indigenous Peoples Day celebration. We're talking about Anjibamadizing, the Ojibwe language project at Mille Lacs, and we're talking about much more. And Cole, you just mentioned, you know, embracing our language a bit more and a bit more. When I was at the Indigenous Peoples Day celebration in Grand Rapids, I had the opportunity to chat with Bruce Goodwin, who is the program director of the local Indian education program here. And he's really great. He's also the vice principal where my kid goes to school, and he does the morning announcements every morning, and he starts it off in Ojibwemwin. for the whole school to hear. So it's really nice to have somebody integrate that into the daily consciousness of the elementary students and staff uh, in Grand Rapids here, at least at one of the elementary schools. (laughs) So yeah, it's really wonderful. So I do want to share my chat with him real quick. We talked, like I said, on Indigenous Peoples Day in the evening. Uh, This was right after... Larry Yazi from Native Pride Dancers performed. They also had drum groups from the local area and food. And uh, the mayor read a proclamation at Old Central School. So here is that conversation. Okay, can you say your name, please? (laughs) My name is Bruce Goodwin. And what is your role here? I am the director of the Anishinaabe... Gay Canoe Amadawin or Anishinaabe American Indian Program at Grand Rapids School District. Cool, and we are celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day here at Old Central School right here on uh, Pacagama and uh, Highway 2, and got quite a good turnout, it looks like. Super excited. The staff of the program at Grand Rapids has put together an amazing event to celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day here in Grand Rapids. Can you tell me a bit about the programming that you had tonight? I can. We had um, some local drummers and we had Larry Yazi who uh, is a grass dancer who came and showed us some amazing dancing. We also got to witness the city of Grand Rapids, City Hall um, uh, read the proclamation celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day here in Grand Rapids. A proclamation and everything. That's so great. And how about the food? The food, you just have to be here to experience. <laughs> we have fresh walleye, wild rice, squash, fry bread. I'll say it again, fry bread, which is just amazing. 
So you should have been here if uh, you wanted fried bread and fish and all this uh, delicious food. Do you have a favorite? The walleye, hands down. So I take it you must fish. I'm a fisherman. And I fish, but don't do real good catching fish. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you, Bruce Goodwin from uh, the Grand Rapids uh, Indian Ed. What is it called now again? Anishinaabe Gekanua Madawin. We've changed our name and we're celebrating it. It's pretty exciting. Right. Miigwech. Miigwech. Very nice. It was lovely to talk to uh, Bruce Goodwin again with Anishinaabe Gekanua Madawin. Uh, I had to uh, get used to saying that because I'm just so used to saying Indian Ed. (laughs) So new name. So they're... They're adding the Ojibwemo the into the name, which I thought was fun and a little more, uh, a little uh, exercising that language sovereignty. How about that? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Very nice. I like that. I like that you were at a celebration that had, you know, Anishinaabe, Ojibwemoin featured, and I was at Awamani, which was like more, I mean, which was more Dakota because mm-hmm. of Awamani uh, in Minneapolis. Um, and how was that? It was great. Um, I, I think I mentioned it before, but yeah, it was at Father Hennepin Bluff Park. It's right by the Stone Arch Bridge. Um, and it, it actually spanned across the Stone Arch. Um, so there was events on Father Hennepin Bluff Park. And then across the Stone Arch, there was more vendors and events uh, by the Mill City site. But no, it was great. Um, we got, when, when we got there, the Spirit Boy singers were performing. It was just surreal being able to walk down the Stone Arch Bridge and not necessarily see the singers or drummers, but like hear it rising out of the city, basically. It was great. But there was a lot of vendors, a division of Indian work, Taiwahe Foundation. There were free blueberry wild rice muffins being handed out. Oh, yeah, Deanna Standing Cloud was there. Ooh. She's. I feel like I see her mm-hmm. everywhere now. <laughs> I, <laughs> she was at the Anjumit Madison event and everything. Yeah. And, and she's been on Native Lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check out that episode. Um, and also, like, people were playing uh, the Creators game, lacrosse. Cool. So I got to see that, you know, happen. And it was, you know, the the, tra- the tradition mm-hmm. way. But yeah, the, okay. the Res Reporter was also there, I should mention. He, yeah, he, he uh, made an yeah. appearance. So, and we also talked to him. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, that sounds fun. But yeah, it's a very fun weekend for sure. Great. Well, happy Indigenous Peoples Day to everybody every day mm-hmm. from us at Native Lights. <laughs> and yeah, if you know anybody you'd like to recommend, uh, chat with us who you'd like to hear on during our, who you'd like to hear during one of these conversations, just let us know. Native Lights at Ampers.org. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Gigawabamin. Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. If you want to hear more Native folks talking about their gifts and finding their purpose, Search for Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine, wherever you find podcasts, and find all of Minnesota Native News' content at minnesotanativenews.org.